2: It's four minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. We've got another hour, and we've got four lines available. Steve, I'm going to get to you in just a second. We have four lines available, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. If you live in Mesa, I have one repair shop in Mesa that can pass the muster, pass the, the guidelines. Now, there's lots of good shops in Mesa, but Thompson's is the one, the only one I have, and I don't know Why? But I can tell you there's other good shops, but I'm going to hang my hat with Thompson's Auto Repair. They're on Main Street just east of Stapley. They've been around a long time. Brian and Thelma, both of their families, have been in car repair for many, many years. And they're good people. All you have to do is meet Brian or Thelma and you'll understand why I like them so much. They have ASC certified technicians. They know what it's like to to send friendly reminders that you might be due for this or this or this based on your historical mileage or based on the last time we saw your car was a year ago. So those are nice to have, but those are things that you can do at your own convenience. And you can also look at your owner's manual. But one way or another, you're going to keep your vehicle in tip-top shape if you trust thompson's auto repair and towing on main street and safely if you trust them to work on your car steve um i got a couple thoughts because i've had four and a half minutes to think about this let me walk you through what's in my empty head okay okay when you have a click the power goes through the pedal or through the shifter and it's going to end up with the solenoid so you can wiggle the shifter and you can pound on the brake pedal and see if that makes a difference that's a no click start The second thing I'd like to know is, is what do the headlights look like when this is all happening? So if you park it in your garage, then turn on your headlights before you do anything. Now, watch the headlights, and if you hit the key or you hit the button, and they don't dim at all, and there's no click, then we got a problem between the power, ideally, we we got a problem with the power to the solenoid. It's going through the shifter, it's going through the brake pedal, we got a problem. And the headlights did not change intensity. If it clicks and the headlights change intensity oh so little, that means the solenoid's working, but the starter isn't. So the solenoid's passed the 12 volts onto the starter, but the starter says, I'm not going to do nothing. Now, when it does hit the start mode and it cranks over, you should see a significant drop in voltage. Not to where it's yellow or the headlights go out you should just see a significant drop in the intensity just as long as the starter's going... Rah, 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 rah. That's all. So that's what FAQ is all about on my website. It talks about those kinds of things. Now, then you say when you get it cranking, it doesn't start. So you, we've got all this going on. Starter solenoid, we've got neutral safety switch, we've got shifter, brake interlock, we've got all this stuff going on. But if it doesn't crank, or if it cranks over but doesn't start then we're looking to spark or fuel. But most likely, it's fuel. So if you hit it and it doesn't start and it just cranks, and you, you've you heard it before, so stop, then I want you to turn the key off and I want you to turn the key on, not to the crank mode, on, on, one, two, three, off. On, one, two, three, off. Do that three times. Then hit it's the key.
3: It's a push-button start, so I can't okay. turn the key on and off. To just turn the power on and on? Yeah,
2: just turn the power on. Okay. Okay, I need, the light. I need to give the chance for the fuel pump to light. That's what oh. I'm trying to do. I'm trying to light the fuel pump. So if you can't, if you can turn on the power, turn on the power. If, you, if it's a push button, then just quickly push it once, crank for two seconds, three seconds, let go, and do that again. If we lose pressure in the fuel system, every time you turn the key on or every time you hit start, the fuel pump is activated. But if we lost fuel overnight, or if we're losing fuel through. if It's supposed to remain pressurized the whole time. So if we have a bad injector that's leaking or if we had a bad fuel pressure regulator that's leaking or if we've got a bad relay or if we've got a bad fuel pump, then it'll crank, but it won't catch. So by cycling the key on and off or the power on and off or, or trying it three times in a row but not fast, we're giving the, the fuel pump to a chance to repressurize the fuel system. Now the fuel pump will quit working after three seconds of cranking. So it doesn't do any good for you to crank on it for the rest of your life. So most are programmed to they'll just run three seconds, and if they don't see the engine start, they'll shut it off. So that's why I'm saying to you, turn the key on, cycle it on, or crank it over, and that's going to help the fuel pump pressurize it, but there's no sense in going past three or four seconds. So with all that information, and I don't think that they're tied except for this possibility. How old is the battery in it?
3: Uh, less than a year.
2: Okay, I'd have it it's checked anyway. Maybe
3: three or four months. Yeah, okay. we had it checked on the first time it happened, and they said it was good.
2: Okay, who said it was good? A shop or the auto AAA. parts store? It's AAA. Okay. Well, they'd sell you one. I, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm uh, happy <laughs> to hear that they're <laughs> capable of doing that <laughs> and saying it's okay. But the quality of the the the, the equipment they use may not be the very bad here's the deal when it cranks it's not supposed to drop below 9.6 that's all there is to it it's not supposed to drop if and sometimes we start at 13 because a fully charged battery is 12.8 to 13 so if you hit the key i wouldn't want to see you down below 10 or below 11 so if so then i'm going okay so if you had a battery problem then the voltage would drop, and that would create your no-start condition because the fuel pump kind of needs a little extra voltage. So that's kind of all the th- different things I'm thinking about. But I, I think you have two problems. You have crank, no, no catch, no start, and then you've got intermittently nothing when I try to start it, a click when I try to start it, or it actually cranks over but it doesn't catch. So there's a difference between cranking and catching, and make sure you use those words. So okay. I, I would try some of those things. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you usually keep the tank quarter, half, or full?
3: Uh, I, it, I mean, we re, it, I don't know what it has been at, but we usually keep it, I don't know, around half.
4: Okay.
2: I mean, so, we
3: fill it all the way up and refill and it when it gets left.
2: Okay, when you, you fill it when it gets to half or to when it gets to quarter About or below quarter.
3: quarter. About a quarter or below. Okay,
2: okay. let me explain why I'm asking you that. It's because the fuel pump is bathed and lubricated and cooled by the gas in your tank. So the, the college kids and the high school kids run off between empty and quarter. <laughs> and they go through fuel pumps a lot because the fuel pump would like to be bathed by the gas and cooled by the gas. So if you run it down there low, then the fuel pump is going to have a tough time. So that's the reason I ask you that is, is if you're filling it up about a quarter and you're going to full, you're probably not going to be in that parameter I just discussed, just described. Okay? Okay. All right. Good luck, Steve. Thank you very much. Thanks. Now, last last thing, Steve. If you take it into the shop, I can tell you if you've picked a good shop, I would put a fuel pressure gauge on it, and I would put a voltmeter on the solenoid, and I'd let it sit all night long. And the next morning, I'd say, "Hey, come here, John. Come here, Fred. You watch the fuel pressure, and you watch the the uh, the voltage at the solenoid while I try to start this booger." Okay. And that's how I would do it. Look at the fuel pressure, look to see if we got 12 volts, twelve and a half, twelve six, twelve seven at the solenoid. Then I'd say, hang on to it, hang on to it. And then I'd get a hammer and I'd hit the side of the starter. And then all of a sudden it cranks over fine. Then you need a starter or a solenoid, and okay. they sell them as a pair, and that's what you need.
3: So uh, um, I'm in Gilbert. In, in Gilbert, so is, is uh, Thompson's the closest
2: one for me yeah you you have one north of you and then you have one west of you so you got warner and i-10 and you got thompson's at main street and Stapley. okay Okay. so thank you all right good luck thank you very much and anybody else 602-508-0960 602-508-0960 and when it comes see that there's there's method to my madness So when when, I mean, Steve did a great job because he described a no click, then I got a click but no crank, and then sometimes it cranks, and then sometimes it starts and sometimes it doesn't. That's a wonderful discussion to have, and especially if I can guide you into the right words. Here's a good, here's a big problem. The husband tells the wife to take the car in, and she comes in and she says it doesn't start. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I'm really happy to work on your car, but I'm going to charge you $125 an hour to get past the first five questions. So you can leave it here and I'll do my best. But if the wife or the husband comes in and says, nothing happens when I hit the key, nothing, nothing, nothing. But if I come back two hours later or 24 hours later, it might start. But during that time, I hit the key, nothing, no noise, no click, no crank. Or I hit the key and I, there's a cr- a click. Is it a loud click or a small, is it a kind of a muffled click? No, it's, a, it's loud, it's a snap. Okay, so what do you do then? I just keep trying it, pretty soon it starts. Hmm, solenoid, okay. Then I, I it cranks over, but it doesn't sound good. Oh, that sounds like a battery. It cranks over, but it doesn't start. Okay, fuel or spark? We got cranking going on, but we don't have fuel or spark. So, there's a big difference between it doesn't start, doesn't it, it doesn't start, does that mean that it doesn't click and it doesn't crank or does it crank but not catch or run? You can use those words. So, and you can't imagine how much money you can save yourself if you can answer those questions. More important, the shop should be answering asking those questions. Hopefully they will. But in the, it, it's just a, a significant savings if you can say it cranks over just fine, but it doesn't catch, it doesn't start. Bingo, we're on the fuel and the spark situation. We if we got cranking over and the motor sounds normal, and it's cranking over, then it isn't anything to do with that. We just have to find out whether it's spark or fuel, and if so, where where's the problem? Is it the crankshaft sensor? Is it a fuel pressure problem? Is the pump substandard? those kinds of things. And we have tools necessary to find out which one it is. So 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. That's the phone number. we got five lines open. Gil is my engineer. Gil is our technical guy. Gil is the one that's supposed to make me behave. So if I don't behave, then your problem was with Gil first. And he'll do his best to do whatever. But if car repair is sophisticated... And a, a Q&A is the most important part of it. So it's no different than when I go to the doctor. I tell the doctor that I don't feel good in the morning and that my temperature is okay, or at least I think it is. And then I, my right knee hurts, but I'm only up for 20 minutes, and then my right knee doesn't hurt. And when I get out of bed really fast, I get a little dizzy, but that's only when I've been drinking all night long. And so that's the kind of conversation you're supposed to have with your car doctor as well. 602-508-0960.
1: The Seth Leibson Show, where the most important voices speak. Our good friend, William J. Bennett.
0: Congratulations. I look forward to coming on again.
1: Friend and scholar, Heather
3: MacDonald.
5: Thank you, as always, for having me on, Seth, and you're absolutely right.
3: John Hinderocker from the Powerline blog. Great to be with you. Thank you, Seth. To me, the finest man in public service, Bill Montgomery. Thank you
1: very much, Seth. Thanks for the conversation.
0: Professor Alan Dershowitz. So anytime <laughs>
3: you want me on your show, I'm here,
1: <laughs> you. I love intelligence talk. Weekdays from 3 to 6 on 960 The Patriot.
6: Hello, I'm Greg May, owner of Phoenix Body Works. For 35 years, we've been demonstrating our workmanship, our honesty, our integrity, and our exceptional customer service. We are blessed to have so many repeat customers who refer their friends and family. We have ethical, loyal technicians who have been with us for years. They are ICAR certified, which means they are up to date on the latest technology and techniques so your repairs meet or exceed industry standards. Our technicians are truly part of our family. We are very capable of fixing your car. We pull off damaged parts, we pull your frame and body mounts back to where they should be, then we install the new parts. We align both the front and rear end, then your car is back to the way it was when new. Our customers come from all over the valley. I'm Greg May. Remember, it's your vehicle. You pick the shop, not the insurance company. Phoenix Body Works, we want to be your collision repair specialist. Call us, 623-582-1434, Monday through Friday, 9 to noon on Saturday.
4: Hi, I'm LeVar Burton, and I'm proud to be a book person. Every child deserves to have access to books because children who grow up with books invariably do better in life than children who do not. Because the end, the endings of books, if it's really, really well done, that ending, that last thought should rock you. I am a book person. And if you're a book person, too, read to a child and spark a lifetime of ambition. Join me at bookpeopleunite.org because reading is fundamental. A public service announcement brought to you by Reading is Fundamental, Library of Congress, and the Ad Council.
1: Every 20 seconds, another kid drops out of school. If we do nothing... million kids won't receive a diploma over the next four years. United Way knows that kids who have a caring adult in their life are more likely to make it. And the difference between a dropout and a graduate could be you. Take the pledge to volunteer now at unitedway.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council.
2: Welcome back, everybody. 21 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. My name is Mark Salem. Every Saturday here, 10 to noon. Let's go to the phones, and let's talk to Bernie first. Bernie, good morning to you. How can I help you this morning?
8: Good morning, Mark. Um, I have a 2000 Ford Ranger. It's a 3.06 cylinder. Okay. It's got uh, about 216,000 miles on it. And a couple months ago, it started missing when... You were doing between 40 and 50 mile an hour, stuck in traffic, and it started on a grade to where you were going uphill, but you couldn't go faster. And all we've discovered is that if you put the foot down, it'll speed up and stop missing. But if you can't do that, it continues to chug along.
2: Okay. Well, um, this is a good example of when you should just... Um, talk about the symptoms because you're sending me in the area of an engine miss so you're sending do you want me to check the plugs and the plug wires and the compression and all that kind of stuff
8: i see what you're saying um okay.
2: but, but i understand what you're saying
8: to, would that cause it to run well say when you're doing 70 on the freeway well, and then just misfire under load.
2: Again, you're in the misfire thing. I, I got a, a, a sensation that feels like a miss. Um, I want you just to take the shifter out overdrive. That's what I want you to do. I See did I,
8: that, and it, it helped the first time, and then it stopped doing that also.
2: Okay. Well, then I want you to manually shift automatic transmission. And I my need wife
8: to, tried that, okay. and it also, once you get to that speed of 40 mile an hour and over... And it's under load; it, it just starts to misfire. So,
2: okay. Well, you you can chase your tail as much as you want, but the symptoms you're giving me is is the torque converter at forty miles an hour going to lock up the torque converter thereabouts. So, okay. You, you, uh, uh, oh, okay. Uh, that, I'm just trying to help you, but, but no, if, I
9: understand.
8: I, I yeah. thought of the transmission, the overdrive, and
2: yeah, you know, yeah.
8: shifting by hand, and and it didn't make a difference.
2: Okay, if if that's the case, then it it, it it can be a lot of other things, but a miss, it certainly could. Can you duplicate the problem for somebody sitting next to you? Oh,
8: certainly. Anybody okay. could drive it, and they'd know it instantly.
2: Okay, but that's not good enough. That's not good enough. For you to say that, I can tell you I hear that so many times, and we can't get it to happen. So we have uh, a new policy now that you got to show us. Okay, we'll take yeah, the no, time.
8: Yeah.
2: Yeah, you got to show us. You got to you got to take time out of your busy schedule when you take your car in for repair and and you say uh, and Monday mornings and Friday afternoons are out of the question as you can imagine. But, you know, you just say, "I can I take a technician? I just need to show him how to make it happen." That's all. I just I won't have him for an hour. I won't have him for longer than 10 or 15 minutes. I can make this happen. See, we love that because now we get to w- what? And then do you, do you run your heater or your air conditioning during this period of time?
8: Uh no, we haven't been because it's been so cool.
10: Okay.
2: All right. Do you mean so you're not run the heater either? No, no, no. Okay, all right. Well, I, the reason I'm asking you that is, is because if the air conditioning compressor is coming on and off, either because it's freezing up, because you got the air conditioning on low, or we're into defrost on the on the heat side, and we're gonna we're gonna turn the air conditioning on to suck the fog off the inside of the windows. So that's the reason I'm asking you those questions. Yeah, no, is, no,
8: that no that that wasn't a, a problem in May. Believe me.
2: Okay. Well, it's not, again, it's not to do with you're taking it past what I'm talking about. I don't care about May, June, July, or January, February, or March. The question is simple are your climate controls off when this happens, or are they on? That's really the issue. Everything is off. Okay. All right. So I've suggested torque converter clutch and you said you already tried. I suggested climate controls and you said you always tried. So if you're right and it's a miss and you can make it happen, then take it into your garage and have them figure out which cylinder's missing or whether it's a crankshaft sensor or whether it's a bad coil, whether it's a vacuum leak, the EGR sticking open. There's a lot of things that can cause a miss. So um, somebody's okay. going to have to track it down. But before you tell them it's a miss and before you tell them that you already checked out the torque converter clutch and you've already checked out the climate controls, I would simply show them what to do and let them tell you where it's at.
8: Certainly, yeah. Okay. Yeah, All right, I'm, well, listen. I'm up here at the, uh, Union and 19th, so I'm close to uh, the Bell Road place that you advertise yeah. and also the one on Pinnacle Peak.
2: Um, well, he's a diesel guy. I think you might be talking about, um, well, Kurtz is at uh, I-17 and Bell, and uh, Tom sure. at Action Auto is Deer Valley and I-17. So
8: Deer Valley, I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah.
2: No, no, it's okay. You don't have to apologize for that. But Tom's a good guy, so is Kurt, but Tom's closer to you. And, you know, if you wanted to take it in and say, can I have somebody take a ride with me right now? And then I'd like to bring it in, make an appointment to bring it in. He's not going to be able to diagnose it, but at least he's going to know what circuit he needs to look at. So good luck, Bernie. Gotcha. Good luck. All right. Thank you very much, Bernie. Thank you. And we're going to talk about Kurtz real quick. Kurtz is a good guy. He's up at I-17 in Bell. He's been up there for since 1987 in that area, since 1987. And actually, the reason why I'm clarifying that is Kurt had a different shop, and it burned to the ground. So he had to move, and he ended up at, at the I-17 in Bell. Kurtz has got ASC-certified technicians. He knows right from wrong, and there's three guys. There's Eric, Jeff, and Kurt. Those three guys have more experience between the three of them than any five or six guys I know. So I'm telling you, they really are good diagnosticians, and they really know how to track down a problem. So if you're anywhere near Kurtz Auto at I-17 and Bill, I would suggest that you try them. Let's go to Larry. Larry, good morning. How can I help you?
5: Good morning, Mark. Say, um, I was listening to you last week, and I just caught the tail end. You're talking about tires and, uh, and tire pressure.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
5: and it, but I didn't catch it all. And what what I thought I heard you say is check the sidewall and see what they recommend the maximum tire pressure. Yes. And do you recommend that for all vehicles, trucks, passenger cars, etc.?
2: Let me change your question, Mark. Okay. I've heard you talk that you had thirty-two vehicles in your fleet, and the answer is yes. Do you run them all at maximum inflation? Yes. Do you run your wife's at maximum inflation? <laughs> Yes, my daughter, all of our rental cars. The answer is yes. Here, let me give you an example. When you're riding your bicycle, it kind of takes a lot of effort when the tires are half flat. And and if you hit a ditch in pavement, you're likely to cut the tire because the tire collapses and the wheel cuts the tire. You're going to get better fuel economy and the tires are going to run cooler. And there's nothing wrong with going to the maximum inflation. There's nothing wrong.
5: Okay. And then the other question, in terms of the age of the tires, um, if and I don't put a lot of miles on it, I, they they tend to expire, you know, before I wear them out. Yeah. If, if it's garage kept, you know, and you drive three, four thousand miles a year, still, sit, would you recommend replacing them after six years, as the tire store would recommend?
2: Um, that that's a really a tough question because I think the answer that most tire professional guys like me is, is you're rolling the dice with your family. That's okay. it, you know. Now, do I practice what I preach? <laughs> the, the other day, um, I was hauling four horses up north. And before I left, I checked the inflation. And they were maximum 85 PSI. I didn't look at them. I, haven't, I have the horse trailer out about four times a year. And so I head up the mountain with four horses, and I stop at orange Point and I take my temperature gun, and I'm going to gun each one of the tires where the tread meets the sidewall, okay? Uh-huh. And I'm checking temperatures. So 110, 110, 112, 112, okay, I'm fine. And I think to myself, you know what? I'm Look at the DOT number. They're 10 years old. <laughs> and I got on the phone, called my son, and he said, order me a new set of, Uh, Horse trailer tires because, you know, these are, and from that point on, those horses were going really slow. And I got to finish the story because we're going to come back after this break.
1: Are you interested in making active and passive income each month flipping real estate tax liens? Then listen to this. The ProSource Tax Lien Company is offering a free tax lien flip kit, which contains educational videos and a step-by-step report that will show you how to earn government-secured returns up to 18%. Plus, see how you can access tax lien inventory not available to the public. So, if you want to become a real estate investor without swinging a hammer or being a landlord, then text DOLLAR to 3100 now and get ready to learn how to flip tax liens and acquire houses well below wholesale prices for big profits all from home working part-time text dollar to 31,000 right now to get your free tax lien investor kit plus two free tickets to a live training event which includes a free smartwatch just for attending text dollar to 31,000 again text dollar to 31,000 for your free tax lien kit now individual results may vary
10: And if you're holding up five or more fingers, visit doihaveprediabetes.org or talk to your doctor. There's no excuse, because prediabetes can be reversed.
7: Brought to you by the Ad Council and its Prediabetes Awareness Partners.
11: Okay, Simon, what are you wearing right now? Nothing. That's right. Why are your pants in your head?
0: Most parenting is hard to do in just two minutes. But spending just two minutes twice a day making sure they brush their teeth is easier and could help save them from a lifetime of tooth pain. For fun two minute videos to watch while brushing, visit 2Men2X.org. That's 2Men2X.org. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Miles, Healthy Lives, and the Ag Council.
8: All about that. 34 minutes
2: after the hour of 11 o'clock, my name is Mark Salem, and we're talking about cars, and right now we're talking about Larry about tires. But before I do that, I need to talk about Tom Blackwell, Blackwell Automotive at 40th Street in Greenway. Tom Blackwell and I are kind of cut from the same cloth. We missed the gene pool about between your noggin and your mouth, but he's a good technician. He may not be better than me, but he's a good technician. He's been around the block. He works on hot rods. He works on motorhomes. He works on everything, but he's smart enough to know to say, this is not the car for me. Let me suggest you try so-and-so because he's a lot better than I am on that car. Tom's been around a long time. I've known him a long, long time. We have conversations maybe twice a week. And most of the time, one of us has a problem, and we're just checking the other one out. So if you're up there in anywhere near in North Scottsdale, 40th Street in Greenwell, Blackwell Automotive, it's a good choice for you. Larry, you there? Yep. All righty. So um, this, I'm going to admit, first of all, everybody needs to know, and I think most everybody does, I don't have any problem raising my hand and saying, I'm sorry and I'm wrong. In this particular case, let me defend myself. <laughs> While I tell everybody else this, Mark does something different. Okay. I run horses up and down twice a year. So, I bring uh-huh. them up for the summer and down for the winter. And so I'm putting 4, let me see, 400 400 miles a year on those tires. Now, I know that if I lose a tire on the horse trailer, I'm not going to kill any horses. And I know I'm not going to hurt myself. All I'm going to do is have a heck of a mess. So I have a good spare, and I have a nice piece of wood that I can drive the front tire on to get the back tire off. I've got all that. But I can tell you unequivocally, when I take the horses back in October, we're putting a new set of tires on that trailer. There's no Uh question. Now, I'm also real diligent about taking the tire's temperature. So at 180 to 200, the glue comes apart, and your tail end is in big trouble. Now, not too long ago, I was hauling some equipment, and I checked the trailer, and I had a tire running about 180, and I had a vibration, which prompted me to check the tire. So I slowed down and put my hazards on, and I drove from Mount Ord, uh, the top of the mountain, all the way to Phoenix with my flashers on. And I made it. I didn't want to change the tire I had a tractor on the trailer. I certainly didn't want to draw drive that tractor on the, or drive the trailer with the tractor on it with one less tire. So, I understand the risk and reward. Do you travel a lot, Larry?
5: Uh, not anymore.
2: Okay, all right. And the temperature gun is a great thing because it works on your refrigerator like you can adjust the temperature on your refrigerator so you're below 0 for the freezer and you're around 28 or so 28 to 32 on your on your refrigerator side. It's good to when you fly cut steaks and you can figure out what rare, medium and well done is. It takes the uh-huh. te- tires it takes your tires temperature. Now, I'll, real quick cuz there's no other callers. I'm on my way south and I'm hauling horses. My wife's with me. Now, when we pull into a gas station, she gets the temp gun, and she does all the tires, truck and trailer. I fill up the fuel. She doesn't want to get her fingernails messed up, and she doesn't want diesel fuel on her hands to smell. So she she does that, and she doesn't have to get anything dirty. So she comes to me, and she says, Ironically enough, the right side of the trailer is really hot, and the left side isn't. Should we move the horses around? And I said, "What are we going to do? Spin them around and put their butts on the on the light side? You know what I mean, Renee?" So, so I, I say to her, um, "I'll I'll stop in 30 miles and we'll check it again." So we check it again, and actually, the right side tires on the truck and the trailer are about 15 to 20 degrees hotter than the left side of the trailer. So I go through Tucson and I'm heading east. And when I'm heading east, we stop. I don't know. It was something canyon. We stop there, and we take the temperature, and now they're all normal. So I really don't know what's going on until I figure out that between Phoenix and Tucson, and it was the afternoon, the sun's setting in the west, so the side of the trailer and the side of the truck was exposed to the sun where the other side was in the shade. And when I turned east, (laughs) then the back of the trailer gets the the sun, and everything's fine. So Uh it it was an interesting thing that happened to me, and now I'm a little bit smarter. But I know when I'm in trouble... And and any time a tire's coming apart, it's going to gather heat real fast. So if you have a dually and six tires on it, and you're running empty, and you get a vibration, whether it's in the steering wheel or in the back end, you can get out with a temperature gun, and you can pro- if it's a tire problem, you can probably find it. The other day, I'm coming up the mountain, and there I passed this guy, and he's got a huge trailer, and his left front tire is bouncing like a basketball, except ten thousand times faster. Ooh. So I'm thinking, bad shock, or he's got a huge egg on it. And he's just driving along, and he is just completely oblivious to the fact that his front tire is bouncing up and down three inches. And so I honked at him, and I pointed at you know his right front tire, and he just kind of looked quizzical. And by that time, there was a little bit of traffic behind me, so I go in ahead and pulled around him. But... There's no reason why he didn't know that left front tire was beating itself to death. Like I said, a bad shock or a bad tire is going to be the repair. So anyway, thank you for bringing that up. But basically, most of us are in the six-year range with tires. We think that the risk and the reward gets out of whack after that. And we think the risk is not something most people would want to take if they truly understand that they're, oh, probably 50 to 70% of the time you lose a back tire, you're going to crash and a back tire is worse than a front tire. And nevertheless, it's going to ruin your day. It's going to ruin your clothes. And it's going to ruin everything. And your wife's going to be yelling at you. And the kids are going to be crying. And your mother-in-law's cussing you out because you had a flat tire. So those are the good and the bad about all that. When we, when we come back, you're welcome to join us. 602 508 508
6: you wouldn't dive into a pool without knowing how deep it is. So, why would you dig
2: without knowing
6: what's below? Underground utilities are buried all over Arizona. Accidentally strike one and you could be injured or wipe out services like water, power, and internet. Call 811 or click Arizona811.com to have utilities marked first. It's free, easy, and it's the law. Remember, call 811 or click Arizona811.com. Sponsored by Arizona 811 in partnership with the Arizona Broadcasters Association and this station.
0: Captain Eric Lawrence was training Afghan soldiers when his truck was hit by an IED. I was on the way from Kandahar to Klot, uh, hit an IED that just took the truck and threw it up in the air and slammed it on the ground.
4: I knew at first that I I got hurt pretty bad because I couldn't move my legs. I sat home alone for months. I didn't want that anymore, I wanted to go back to work. I was hesitant at first, you know, because I didn't work for a good year. I want to be a productive person. I don't want to be a drain on society. I want to be a positive thing in society. PVA helped me
0: write my resume, got me a job interview. I got the job. Helping veterans like Eric is what we've done for over 65 years. Paralyzed Veterans of America, paving access for veterans' employment through Operation PAVE. For more information, visit pva.org. A public service message from Paralyzed Veterans of America.
11: It takes 12 years to create a graduate. It takes about the same time to create a dropout. The difference between a child becoming one or the other could be you. Studies prove that reading to a child regularly dramatically improves reading skills. And kids who read well by third grade are four times as likely to graduate. So United Way is calling for one million volunteers over the next three years. We're asking you to step up, make a pledge, tutor a child who needs help, Mentor a kid who needs someone on their side. Volunteer to read to children. Make a difference. Because when a child advances, we all advance. Entire communities improve. The path to success or failure starts long before graduation day. And the difference between a graduate and a dropout could be you. Be a reader. Tutor or mentor. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Take the pledge. Go to liveunited.org now. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council.
12: Hi there. I'm here for my flu shot, and I heard there's an option for people 65 and older.
0: There is, but you actually have to be 65.
12: Very flattering. Thanks. I'm Judith Light. You know who I am, right? I just turned 65, and I know your immune system gets weaker with age, and I don't want to miss a day of work or risk spreading the flu to other people.
0: Well, I don't think we've met before, but what I do know is you can't be 65.
12: Okay, what if I said I only have one life to live and I need protection against the flu? Nope. Nope? How about who's the boss of my health? I am. Uh Huh flu season is here and people 65 and older need to ask about the vaccine made specifically for their age flu vaccination is especially important for people with chronic conditions like diabetes and heart disease which can worsen with the flu
8: i'm so sorry about that i thought you were like
12: 35 don't apologize visit the national council on aging at ncoa.org slash flu to learn more and talk to your doctor about vaccine options for people 65 and older
2: 43 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock i'm mark salem and we have a couple of open lines right now um we're about 20 minutes away from the end of the show so if you want to call in 602-508-0960 602-508-0960 and larry i hope you're listening to me you asked me about some tires and you asked me something i didn't answer and that was it's in the garage it really has nothing to do with sunlight, it has to do with heat, and it has to do of the of the rubber just decomposing all by itself, so I'm not a real fan of using the word weather checked" because there's so many different arbitrary rules about weather checking. I think the best thing to do is the six year mark now, if you wanted to take my kids to Disneyland along with your kids and they were seven years old, I'd probably ask you if you'd take them to the maximum inflation, and I'd probably let my grandkids go, but if they're 10 years old, then I'm I'm either going to drive them myself, or, or they're not going with you. Tires, um, I, I can't tell you how many times um, I'm involved in a case that involves tires, and so many times the tires are really old and shouldn't have been on the road, and there are abnormal wear patterns on the tread. There are you know cuts on the sidewall where somebody's hit a curb really hard there are all kinds of those kinds of things that happen and really and truly with the exception of the airbags in your car your second biggest risk is your tires and you just you just need to pay attention uh, no you need to understand that a quick avoidance maneuver needs to be done precisely and not with the butt end of the car passing the front end because all the tires are bald or something like that. And I think the risk is substantial when you get uh, past the uh, 6 or 7 or 8. And it gets really bad at 9 and 10. And I know I just admitted my horse trailer, I found it had 10 tires on it. but um, And I'm going to change them. I just need to get the horses down in October <laughs> and I'll do that. Anyway, we got a caller. Who's that? That would be John. John, good morning. Good
9: morning, uh, long time listener guy, I really, love the show, and you've answered a lot more questions than uh, I've ever been able to ask, but I've got one that I haven't heard anything about, a friend of mine has a 93 Chevy pickup truck, quarter ton, and this truck is really special to him, that's why it's it's an oldie, but he still keeps it up, and um, he had to trade trade out a transmission, so he got to use transmission for it, and it works really well. But for you have to let up on the gas for it to shift gears. Is that anything you're equipped to
2: handle? Well, um, you know, you're in a, you're in a particular decade there where I'm not the best transmission guy to deal with that. I'm thinking that there might be a cable that goes up to the throttle. And that throttle cable helps control the uh, pressure to the transmission. And frankly, us gray-haired guys, and you need to ask him, when you replace the transmission, there's a cable that goes from the transmission to the throttle. Did you put that in? Yes. He didn't adjust it right. You have to know how to adjust it. So, And that's something that a gray-haired guy can do in the time it takes you to say your social security number five times. Uh, it's just really yeah, yeah, something yeah, yeah. simple. So um,
9: that's easy. I mean, it's all zeros till last digits, and it's three. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah.
2: No, you're right. You're right. What part of town do you live in?
9: Uh, I live just in, just in just barely into Glendale, out of Phoenix.
2: Okay, you know, you might take it over to Mike's Auto Tech uh, and talk to Mike and have him drive it. Um, I, I'm just not smart enough on transmissions to know what you got. But when you replace the transmission and it performs differently than the first almost always it's some kind of an adjustment that you didn't make and i can only think of the throttle cable right now so okay. i think that would uh, be the first place to start
9: i think that's something he's never thought of and i certainly didn't
2: okay uh,
9: i used to drive a lot and i could tell you anything about every car i ever owned but i kind of went blind here a while back and uh, well, not totally blind, but a great deal of vision loss. I don't think I'd want to be on the highway behind the wheel. Yeah. So, so I, I kind of lost a whole lot of touch with the automotive world, and you're my only connector, uh, and I do appreciate it,
2: by you. Oh, that that's quite a right, John. Let let me tell you um, something. Okay? Um, okay. I I want you. Um, if I'm right, then what you do is the key in your pocket you push the throttle pedal to the floor and then there's this little square box on the back side of the cable and it has a latch that you lift up and then Good. you pull and I think I'm doing this right and if I'm not then I'm sorry it's been a while since I did this but I think you pull the cable all the way back and then you lock it down so what you're doing is is you're stretching the cable on wide open throttle So somebody puts their foot to the floor, you unlock the little gate on the back side of the, there's a bracket, and then there's this square box that plugs into the bracket. I'm guessing. And so you put it all the way to the floor, you unlock the gate, you pull the cable back, you lock the gate, and that's normally how we set the throttle cable. So I'm going to tell you that knowing full well you can pass that on right. I certainly can. I thank you so very much. You're welcome, John. Thank you very much same to you sir thank you very much for that so it it's car repair the, the shops have 50% of the responsibility for a bad deal and the customer has the other 50% i want to tell you something that somebody sent me yesterday and i want to tell you this is the this kind of fraud is completely unacceptable and i wish i could tell you who did it I can tell you, though, and, and don't misunderstand, the chain stores, there's bad ones. Independent shops like mine, they're bad ones. There's lots of bad ones. Dealerships, there's lots of bad ones. But this is what, it, he got a piece of paper, and it said on the piece of paper, <laughs> this is crazy, and actually I'm killing some time while I pull it up on my phone, Um <laughs> He gets a piece of paper that says, you know, thank you very much for your patronage, blah, 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 blah. And um, it's time to at least flush your fuel injectors and maybe your gas tank. Did you hear what I said? And maybe your gas tank. Maybe your gas tank. Are you kidding me? It says... There is also the best time to make sure that everything up is up to date with your your car. Other owners of vehicles similar in mileage and age to yours took advantage of the recommended services listed below. Schedule maintenance, transmission service, fuel injector, or fuel tank cleaning. I, I'll bet any one of you, unless you write it in, I'll bet any one of you a steak dinner that you will not find a gas tank cleaner on your owner's manual. And then the question is, and you see my panties are all wadded up over this. The question really is, is this fuel injector kind of idea. The idea is is that sometimes we clean fuel injectors simply for a, a diagnostic procedure. Hey, if we clean the injectors real quick, not real quick, it takes 15, 20, 30 minutes, we clean them and the problem gets better, then we're going to focus on the injectors. So now we have to figure out which one didn't like the cleaning. But folks, I want to promise you, I've been in this business since 1968. I graduated high school in 72, and in 79 I opened up my own shop. I can tell you unequivocally, I have never cleaned a gas tank for a customer. I have never fixed anything by cleaning a gas tank uh, by a customer. I would never even entertain the notion that that's a valid that's a wallet flush in its in the the biggest way they're just they're going to flush your tank but they're flushing your wallet there is no reason in the world that anybody should take advantage of having your fuel tank flushed that just is beyond my ability to but that's the worst of the worst and when you see that kind of stuff and you say to yourself i've never heard of this before then you need to get the hell out of there that's all there is to it who we got on the phone
3: we have Nolan.
2: Nolan, good morning to you. Hey, Mark, how are you? I'm good today. Thank you very much for asking.
3: Well, hey, um, here's what I got. I got a 2003 Toyota 4Runner, and I have 273 thousand miles on it. Okay. And I've been towing with it since I've owned it new back then, and um, now I'm looking to replace it. And I'd like to know a little bit about towing these mid these these uh, mid sized trucks. They have the the six cylinders versus the four cylinders diesels? Okay. What can you tell me about that kind of stuff with towing? I know you're a tow guy; you towed horse trailers. I've towed horse trailers with my Forerunner. I currently pull a, a five thousand pound travel trailer with sure. it as
2: well. Sure. So, are you talking about the Dodge EcoBoost? No,
3: I'm talking about like the Colorado, the 2.8 four okay. cylinder diesel. It has like three hundred and something torque with like I don't know one hundred eighty
2: foot pounds horsepower.
3: Oh, horsepower. Okay. Okay. Versus you know like your um, you know your V six. It's in the Tacoma.
2: Okay. For example, the thing of it is, is when you're first of all the turbo has what we call EGTS exhaust gas temperatures, and so what's coming out of the cylinder can't be more than about twelve hundred degrees although I've seen mine at 1,500 when my wife is driving, of course, she was driving. But um, on a turbocharged vehicle, we're not going to let you decide when to back off the throttle. We're going to do that for you when we see the EGTs. Keep in mind aluminum melts at 1,100 degrees, 1,200 degrees. We're not going to let you take that, that that exhaust up to 1,500, 1,600 degrees. So okay. I, I think the turbo and towing on the small vehicles is not a combination I'm comfortable with yet. But I am comfortable with the V6 and a variety of other things. Now there's a new eco diesel on the Dodge side and they're having some big time problems with that and it's going to be a year or more before they fix it and the repairs are huge. I've got a fleet of these vehicles that have high mileage because they're used in, in an unusual circumstances. And so they 're already out of warranty, and we 're doing lots of work and we 're not doing this work on one we 're doing them on three and four at a time, so this is a very expensive concern, so the dodge um, eco diesel is probably something i 'd stay away from, but I like the Colorado with the v six um, i I like the Toyota with the v six um I don't. I think those are your two big choices. If you want to haul something and you're going to keep with that five thousand pounds, then I think either one of the fuel injected uh, six cylinders, either the Ford Runner and the Chevrolet and the Colorado kind of truck. I think those will serve your purpose. Okay. righty.
3: All right. That's what I need to know. Thank okay. you for your time. Appreciate
2: you bet. Thank you, Nolan. Yeah, it um, it really makes a difference when you're buying something that you're going to hook on a trailer, because there is a on the sticker on your door. It says gross vehicle weight. Now, I can tell you, we did a, a funny thing for TV not so long ago. The car had 900 pounds of, of weight. So the, what they call the curb weight, the car empty, let's just pretend it weighs 5,000 pounds. And the gross vehicle weight is 5,900 pounds. That means you can put 900 pounds of people in that car or 900 pounds of people and trunk stuff, and that's all. That's all. Then you've got, that's GVWR, gross vehicle weight rating. Then you have gross combined, GCWR. Gross combined is truck load, beer, wood in the bed, and trailer with loaded up with beer and all your stuff. So you're going camping. So the gross combined weight you'll have to find in your owner's manual is the truck loaded with the trailer loaded. So if that's eleven thousand, you better not be at fourteen. So, and then you can pull into any scale, and they're going to charge you like eight bucks to weigh. You pull to the first scale, you weigh the truck. Then you pull up one, and you weigh the truck and the trailer. Then you pull forward, and you weigh just the trailer. So at one time you just got the, front, the truck on scale one. Then you pull onto scale two, and now we're going to weigh the truck and the trailer. And then you pull way forward and put the trailer on scale three, and they weigh that. That way you have all the numbers you need. If you're going to get in trouble, you're going to hurt your truck, uh, you're going to overheat your truck, and you're asking it to pull something that it really isn't designed to do. My website is MarkSalem.com. You can find the best car repair shops list according to Mark Salem, and I've been doing this since 1988. I got to tell you, I have a great list of shops there that have caused me no problem. I've only had to remove two shops from my list, and and I, I'm not heard about that at all. So. Of all the guys I've had and still have, um, I'm I'm giving you the very best list in town. And I have a promise there that if you have a problem and they're told to give a refund or fix your car and they refuse, I kick them off and I'll pay up to $5,000 or I'll fix your car. So there's there's a, a comfort zone that you should have there. Mark at MarkSalem.com is my email address. That's easy. Mark with a K at MarkSalem.com. If you're going to send me an email with a question, just leave me a phone number and know that I'm going to call you back on a blocked line for obvious reasons. So, I want you to consider this, if you wear your seatbelt, you have a very good chance of surviving most wrecks. If you don't wear your seatbelt, there's a very good chance you're going to be hurt significantly, and if you don't get killed. So please, for me and everybody else, please wear your seatbelt